And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Her kick is blocked. Georgia Tech blocks it. The Jackets pick it up back in the 25, and Austin is returning it down the left oh, side. Pass the 50, a blocker, pass the 30. Inside the 20, inside the 10. And he scores! Hi, everybody. Great to have you with us. Welcome to another edition of Strong as Steel, the very most informative, most entertaining, and full of analysis you're going to find anywhere around the college football landscape. I'm Michael Regai, and the reason it is the most informative and the very best that uh, you will be part of is because of our man, Phil Steele, the author of Phil Steele's College Football Preview and, of course, everything that is philsteele.com that we'll tell you about a little bit later on in the show is front and center here. Hey, Phil, how are you today? You know, I'm doing great, Michael. How about yourself? Terrific, Phil. You know we're a group of five guys, and uh, we hope all of you, uh, as we always tell you, now just go to iTunes.com uh, because over the course of the uh, the last, uh, well, four editions uh, of the show, we have uh, gone through the American Athletic Conference and also the Mid-American Conference. So now today we move into the Mountain West. And, Phil, we're going to start with a Mountain Division. And this is uh, one of the group of five conferences that are hoping to uh, land that New Year's Six uh, bowl berth that gets one of the group of fives to a New Year's Day bowl game. Phil, let's start uh, today uh, here in the Mountain Division. And we do this alphabetically, by the way. Uh, these are not our predicted or Phil's projected order of finish. Check out the magazine. Now uh, you'll get all that. I'm sure you've got uh, the mag right in front of you. So let's start with the Air Force Academy, Phil. They're coming off a 10-win 2016 season. Head coach Troy Calhoun begins his 11th year in Colorado Springs, 5-3 and three in the Mountain last year. So a real solid year. And an Arizona Bowl win, too, over South Alabama. Now, though, Phil, just eight. Only eight returning starters, and Phil, only one of those eight line up on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Twelve of their top 13 tacklers graduated last year, and then, Phil, we always discuss service academies and uh, what it takes to play football with the demands at one of those. They played two quarterbacks, Phil, in 2016. Uh, Nate Romine with eight starts. Arian Workman with uh, five of uh, more starts. They did average 35 points per game, 317, of course, coming on the ground with their uh, vaunted option attack, a run game. But, Phil, to me, is the defense going to hold up to keep them at least in most games this year and allow them to try to get close to that double-digit win total again? Well, you know, that's the, the beautiful thing about service academies, Michael, is generally they like to promote their players, use seniors, and usually they lose a lot of starters every year. I'll go back to 2012. This team lost, uh, only had two returning starters coming back on the defense. Had a pretty good defense that year. They only allowed 29 points per game, not bad for the Mountain West and, and where they were at. And, and give you an example, the next year they had six returning starters. They allowed 40 points per game. 
So you look at this year's starting lineup on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I've got six or seven seniors that are going to be starting for them. So it's, sure. a, it's a group that's got more experience than what you would think. They're service academy guys. So you know by the time they get here and have been through four years at Air Force, uh, you've got some men out there on the field. And I, I think they will play good defense this year. Now, it's not going to be a dominating defense. And they're not as good as last year's defense, which only allowed 365 yards per game and 26 points per game. Uh, so I do expect a rise in the defensive numbers, but I don't think it's going to be one of those where, wow, they've got one starter back, they're going to give up 45 points on defense. They'll play better than the numbers would indicate, but not an overwhelming D. Now, offensively, I think Worthman probably ends up winning the starting job. He's a mm-hmm. sensational runner. He's got real good field vision. Uh, it's you know a little questionable in the pass game, but Air Force is at its best when they're running the football. They've got some talent back there with Timmy McVeigh at the running back spot. Uh, he's a guy that uh, can make some big plays. Uh, then you look at the offensive line this year. They've got three guys back on the offensive line that look south. Alex Norton, J.C. Rast are the top two guys up front. And they actually have adequate size. I mean, there's a lot of years where in the past where Air Force might have 275, 280-pound offensive linemen. They've got some better size there. So overall, I think it's a, a, a more talented Air, For- or a talented Air Force team, but they're nowhere near as experienced. They go from number 41 in the country on my experience chart to number 99. And, uh, you know, when you look at the schedule this year, they could be an underdog in as many as seven games. They have to play Michigan on the road. San Diego State always does a great job preparing for the option. They have to face them at home. New Mexico on the road, Navy on the road. That's a grueling four-game stretch. They also have to play Nevada on the road on a Friday, Colorado State on the road, and Boise State on the road. So those are the seven games they're probably going to be an underdog in. Now, does that mean they're going to lose all seven? No. And Troy Calhoun will always pull some upsets. But I don't see any way they match last year's 10-win total. It'll be interesting to see what the boys at South Point have on this team. Yeah, the boys at the South Point, uh, you know, are, are looking at a 500 football season, Phil. You just mentioned uh, the number is six. Uh, I, do they get there and get bowl eligible? Uh, I think that they'll pull an upset. Yeah, I, I think with Air Force, you, you always it's one of those teams, uh, even since Calhoun took over, he's, he's been there quite some time. A lot of years when they have those that low amount of starters, uh, even 2012, they had just five returning starters overall, three on offense, two on defense. They made it to a bowl game. I think somehow, some way, this team gets back to a bowl. And coming off a 10-win season, uh, I would definitely think that they get to a bowl. So I'm going I'm to take the uh, the over on the six there. All right, I'll do the same with you. I like that, too, like Troy Calhoun very, very much. Uh, in the what is, uh, you know, probably going to be a very competitive, and uh, as we go along through the mountain in both divisions, many will feel a, uh, a wide-open opportunity for multiple squads to be Mountain West champions. So, all right, that is the, uh, the story on uh, the Air Force side. So Phil and I are both going to go over six there. As uh, we move on here in the uh, the Mountain West, and again, remember this: is, we're doing this alphabetically. This is not our projected or predicted order of finish. Uh, we, of course, we're going to we'll direct you to Phil Steele's College Preview Magazine. You want more on that? Of course, chock full of information on every one of the football teams uh, in the Mountain West. Uh, let's uh, take it from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Phil. Let's. Uh, Move in to see what's going on, as always, uh, with uh, those Broncos of Boise State. Now, this is a program that's synonymous 
with major success in the mountain. We know that. Uh, this is probably the most prevalent program when you ask people about the mountain. Well, most college football fans are going to say, yeah, Boise State. They are the group that uh, usually every year has a lot of success. Yet, Phil, they haven't been to uh, the Mountains Conference Championship game since 2014, so they missed out the last couple of years. Though, how about in those two seasons, Phil, that they haven't been to the the Mountain West title game, they have won 19 football games uh, for head coach uh, Brian Harson, And we know that uh, Brett Rippon, his quarterback, first team Mountain last year, uh, he's coming back. And, I, Phil, I, we, you and I have talked about uh, Cedric Wilson, who's one of the, uh, the finest big play wide receivers in college football. Keep an eye on him. Uh, 11 touchdown receptions coming back. Uh, Phil, this offense generated 34 points per game with Brett Rippon at the throttle last year. And and by the way, it's Phil's, I mentioned Cedric Wilson, it's Phil's top-ranked receiving core when you look at uh, the unit positional rankings of each and every conference. Also the top-ranked defensive line, Phil, as we flip it over, even though, as we noted, seven of the top eight tacklers from 16 are graduated and no longer uh, part of the Bronco program. So, I, you know, the Broncos fans, uh, they uh, they always want to see their squad back in contention for that mountain championship game and have a, an opportunity at uh, one of the more, uh, shall we say, uh, more notable bowl games. Uh, Phil, is that realistic for Boise State fans this year to feel that we can, they can get to the uh, the Mountain West championship game for the first time since 14? Well, you know, looking at Boise the last two years, Michael, I felt they probably had the most talent in the conference and it did not play in the conference title game either year. Now, that does not speak badly upon the team. It's just the way it happens sometimes. You touched on going 19-7 and seven and having uh, fans disappointed in that record. It shows how that program has really progressed. I think every year Boise comes in as one of the top favorites of the group of five to get that New Year's Day six bowl bid. They always come in as one of the favorites to win the Mountain uh, Division of the Mountain West, if not the Mountain West overall. And, you know, you look at this team ripping at QB. Last year, uh, sort of underachieved in my mind. I thought he would have had a bigger year. When I projected in the numbers for the season, I was expecting a huge year. Had about the same numbers he had as a freshman. Uh, through for completed 61% of his passes, 24-8 ratio. Uh, you look at the running back, they've got to replace McWeapon. Jeremy McNichols is a guy that could hurt you running the football over 1,700 yards. He had over 500 or close to 500 yards receiving. I don't see a McNichols at the running back spot this year. And the receiving cores you touched on, though, is solid with Wilson. And then Jake Rowe. How about Jake Rowe at the tight end spot? Uh, big guy with decent size, 6'3", 227, who's progressing as a, as a blocker each year. The offensive line's got two starters back. Top guys are Mason Hampson and Archie Lewis. Hampton, I should say. And then you go defensively. As you touched on, I mean, they've got 14 scholarship defense linemen. Only two of them are seniors. Mm-hmm. But I like the overall talent that they have there, led by David Moa at that defensive tackle spot. Well, Leighton Vanderesh is a guy who I think will emerge at the uh, linebacker spot. You know, he's a guy that only had 27 tackles last year, but he was hurt last season, missed a lot of games. He could emerge as the best defensive player on the team. He's 6'4", 240 pounds, and will lead an inexperienced linebacking core. The secondary with just one starter back and Tyler Horton, but he's their top cover corner. So, you know, talent-wise, your Boise, every year you come into the season expecting to contend for that Mount West title. I think they will, but you also look at that schedule this year. They have to play Washington State on the road, BYU on the road, San Diego State on the road, and 
Colorado State on the going on the road, which may be the game that determines that uh, Mountain West division. Yeah, no question about it. So what we're saying then is is probably now uh, the gang at South Point, Phil, has that win total for the Broncos of Brian Harson sitting right at eight. So you just went through kind of a, a gauntlet of uh, opportunities for them on the road. I don't know. Are they gonna? They're gonna have to win a couple of those uh, to go over that number of eight. Yeah, they're going to have to win one of those to go over eight. And uh, will they do that? It's a big question mark. You know, and Troy out of the box is not easy. Troy is a team where, uh, you know, talking to Coach Neil Brown, he's excited about going to the blue turf and uh, playing Boise on the road. Thinks mm-hmm. it might be one of those big feather and caps for the Sunbelt Conference. And Boise may be looking ahead to Washington State. They better be prepared for Troy in that game. And later in the year, you know, I look at that Utah State game as a dangerous one because sure. uh, Matt Wells, I think, one of the better head coaches yep. out there. They get that game at home. They've had a lot of close losses during the course of the year. Hard to imagine uh, Boise going under eight, but it's also be pretty tough to go over eight. So, um, you know, this is one of those where I think the number is exactly where it should be on it. I, I guess if you have to, to pick one way or the other, uh, you'd have to lean a little bit with the, the over, thinking they pull an upset somewhere along the line. But uh, I would try to stay away from that one. Yeah, I agree, and uh, neither Phil or I uh, try to straddle that fence when it comes to. That's why I, I think the gang at South Point should put uh, a number and the half, uh, the hook, on each and every one so that it can't land on a number. I, Phil, I got him at eight and four, but but I'm going to agree with you that uh, because of you know the strength of the program and because what Brian Harson has going, I, I'm going to go over – and just like you say, they get one of those as well. So we'll look at that for uh, Boise State. As, uh, the, but, again, the main thing for the Broncos is, Phil, I, I think they're going to be disappointed if they don't get win the division and not get back in the Mountain Championship game. Again, I, for them to not be there since 2014, that's, uh, that's not sitting too well with, uh, with Boise State fans. No, it's, it didn't, and they expect expectations fully for Boise every year to win the Mountain West. So, I mean, yep. anything less than that would uh, yep. be a disappointment to the fans. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, Phil and I will both go over eight, but it's not resounding. As Phil said, I agree with that. Phil said I'd stay away from it. Uh, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, mine is probably that over eight is probably even shakier than Phil's. So uh, be that as it may, that's the story for the Broncos of uh, of Boise State. So let's move on now out of uh, Idaho and back to where many feel in the state of Colorado, uh, the, the squad uh, resides that may be the one that uh, comes through all the shouting on that first Saturday in December. You know, former Georgia quarterback, Phil, I remember the days, don't you, when Mike Bobo was leading the uh, the dogs of Georgia down between the hedges as a very fine quarterback. He starts year three as the head coach uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado. And, yeah, the Colorado State Rams' expectations are running very high for his football team. I was seven and six a year ago, five and three in the mountain. Uh, they got 14 starters back, eight of them on the defensive side. And a very potent and I feel I think very prolific offensive skilled group that uh, that your unit rankings show them the top three in the mountain uh, quarterback uh, Nick Stearns and that game breaking wide receiver that we love Michael Gallup they're both back 
Gallup hauled in 14 touchdown catches a year ago. I, I Phil, it all seems to me like that, uh, you know, Mike Bobo and Colorado State are primed for a very big year. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, when you look at this team, uh, Nick Stevens last year, uh, lost his starting job, and then when he returned as the starter, he was a different quarterback, completely different. And and you saw it on the field, and uh, you heard about it in the practice. And Stevens came back a changed man, and, and uh, I think he'll be a, a, one of the Mountain West top quarterbacks this year. You look at the running back spot; they're deep. They've got Dalen Dawkins, Izzy Matthews, uh, so they've got good talent there. As you touched on with Gallup at receiver. And the offensive line's got a couple of key starters back. Probably three guys that are worthy of all-conference mention. The guys like center Jake Bennett, right guard Trey Moxley, and left tackle Zach Goldich. Then you go to the defense. Now, when I went over the team with Coach Bobo in the spring, we are a little shaky on that defensive front seven. Not as dominant <laughs> as uh, I thought it was going to be uh, in the conversation. So that's probably a concern of mine is probably mm-hmm. the depth on the defensive line and in that front seven. But the secondary looks solid as well. And then you have to look at the factors that go into to a, a game and, and winning a division. They avoid San Diego State while Boise has to play San Diego State on the road. And they get that key game November 11th at home against Boise. That could be a determining factor. A lot of good teams in the mountain. I think of the two divisions. I mean, it's clear. The Mountain West Mountain Division is yep. the stronger of the two. You've got mm-hmm. six bowl-caliber teams in the Mountain West Mountain and you probably have one for sure bowl team over there in the West, which we'll talk about tomorrow. So, uh, you know, playing in a tough division like they are, uh, I do think the Rams have a shot at, the, at winning it this year. They only had 10 starters back last year. They've got 14 this year. And another big plus for them is their new $220 million on-campus stadium. So they're going to have some enthused home crowds, and Coach Bowl oh, yeah. trying to get the crowds riled up, especially for, like, the opening game against Oregon State. Yeah, that's going to be, a, you know, a big one when the Beavers come to town, as Phil said, with a lot of excitement over the brand-new facility. Then, Phil, let's, let's stay on that. Uh, well, we'll tell you that the number on the win total number from the South Point is 7.5. Now, after Oregon State, they've got that, uh, that annual in-state uh, get-together in Denver with uh, the Buffs of Colorado. And then, Phil, two weeks after that, they trek into some place called Tuscaloosa, Alabama to play the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, the non-conference side, Oregon State at home, Colorado and Denver and a trip to Tuscaloosa two weeks later with Abilene Christian in between. That's that's going to test them and uh, let Mike Bobo know exactly what he's got early on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Colorado game is going to be difficult in Denver. Also playing Bama on the road is going to be difficult. But you look at the rest of their schedule, you know, the uh, you look at the road games, I think New Mexico's a winnable game. The Utah State's a possible winnable game. Wyoming, uh, I, I think that the, the schedule sets up pretty nice for them this year. And the, the fact they get Boise at home is big. So I, I give them a real good shot at uh, topping that 7.5 total. I like yeah. that one. Yep, yep, me too. I'm there with you, so uh, not a lot more need be said about that. I, I really like Mike Bobo, and uh, certainly how you know he recruits offensively, as we said. It's a very potent offense. Of course, the uh, former Georgia quarterback uh, gets Nick Stevens geared up, and, and we'll see where they go with what could be a, one of the, uh, the very best offensive football teams uh, that we have in the FBS. So that's a program that needs to be watched. 
You know what else needs to be watched? I get asked all the time, constantly, hey, what's that great-looking watch you're wearing, and how expensive is it? Well, those that are asking are right on one count. It's the sleek, stylish, beautifully designed movement watch. I'm wearing the Denali. It looks like a million bucks, but it costs way, way less. So here's the deal. I'm inviting you to check out the classic design of movement watches right now. Starting as low as, you ready for this, $95. That's right, $95. You see, the watchmaker's ultimate goal is to change the way you, the consumer, Think about style and fashion and the watch you're wearing. It's that simple. So they're offering you high-quality watches at revolutionary low prices. One million movement watch wearers right now in 160 countries the worldwide are wearing the beautifully designed movement watch. Now, I'm inviting you right now today to receive 15% off with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com. That's M-V-M-T, movement.com slash steel, S-T-E-E-L-E. All right, with that, we move on. And now I just uh, got ahead of myself, as I mentioned, uh, Bob Davies Lobos in New Mexico. That's our next stop here in uh, the Mountain Division of the Mountain West Conference. Uh, I I tell you what, a very experienced football team, Phil. In 2016, Bob Davies uh, recruiting has paid off for him, paying some big dividends for he and the staff, nine-win football season. Though they went 6-2 and two in the mountain last year. But, Phil, how about they led the nation? Led the na- I looked at that twice. i got to be honest with you, Phil, because I, I, I questioned myself. I said, wait a minute. Right? Yeah, led the nation 364 yards per game, averaged almost 7 yards, 6.7 per carry. A very strong offensive line, as Phil's going to tell you about, led by um, an all-mountain guard, Aaron Jenkins. But, you know, Phil, I, you know, just three starters back defensively. Yeah, one of those is the second team, uh, that outstanding uh, all-mountain defensive end, Garrett Hughes, six-and-a-half sacks last year. Phil will tell you about him and his mates, too. Uh, Phil, just I, you know, are, you just said it, being wide open. We've, are they a legit mountain title game possibility, a contender in 2017? Well, I think everybody in the, the mountain division has that opportunity. <laughs> all and, six uh, of them. It, it, they're all six bowl caliber teams, and uh, as we've seen the last two years, the favorite doesn't always win it. You you look at the uh, the favorite, uh, you know, has been Boise State, and they haven't appeared right. in the title game either the last two years, right. and not in the title game. I'm not talking about losing the title game. I'm just saying not even in the title game. So the opportunity exists, and and going over the team uh, with Coach Davey this year, uh, I was impressed. I like the job he's doing recruiting, and uh, been going over the team with Coach Davey since his first year, way back in 2012. And this is another one of those teams where, you know, you're going over the team that first year, and there's so many question marks, especially in the two deep. You know, you get past the first stringers, and you got a lot of question marks. Can this kid play? Now he's got some serious players coming in. This is his, this is his team. They're off of two bowls where they've had that benefit. He's been able to recruit better players. They're bigger, stronger, much faster than they were when he took the team over. So I think, you know, defensively, Despite having just three returning starters on defense, I still think they'll be good. In fact, uh, you know, last year they gave up 395 yards per game. I think they can 
come near that stat this year. Garrett Hughes is going to be a stud up front at defensive end. Alex Hart at linebacker. Jaden Boatwright at cornerback are your three top players there. they got a Kimmy Carson. Alex Hart, by the way, only had 28 tackles last year. He's going to be one of the better defensive players. Kimmy Carson there at the linebacker spot. Now, offensively, uh, you know, the first year, the first couple of years for New Mexico, Going over the team with Coach Davey, they didn't really have any depth at quarterback. They had to keep their quarterback healthy because there was nothing behind them. There was no true option quarterbacks. Now they go three, four deep there at the quarterback spot. So Lamar Jordan's back. I think he's a guy that uh, makes the other ten guys better on offense. It's the first time he's truly had the job coming into the camp. He really worked hard on improving his throwing in the offseason, and I think we'll see a huge improvement on that 53% 6-4 ratio. But let's face it, when you run the option, I don't care how you pass the ball. You have to be that dominant run team like they were last year, leading the nation in rushing. And I think Tyrone Owens gives them that chance. They lose uh, Gibson from last year, which is tough because, you know, he, he ran for uh, 8.8 yards a carry, but I think Owens will do a good job. He only averaged 8 yards a carry, Michael. So I think that's still pretty good at the running back spot. Oh, and yeah. You look at the offensive line. Uh, they got the three starters back up front on the line. So I think it's a good New Mexico team. They do have mm-hmm. a, a fairly tough schedule this year, a tougher one they had last year. Last year they only had three uh, true Mountain West road games. Uh, this year it's a little bit tougher than that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, well, listen, uh, you know, as you said, maybe maybe they get a, a fortuitous uh, break. We'll see in that schedule. I mean, uh, non-conference, you know, they uh, – they go to say they got to go to Tulsa. I don't think we we both went through in the American Athletic. Not sure Tulsa is going to be uh, as prolific as they have been the last couple of years. Maybe they're winnable games in the mountain uh, on the road in the road stops this year. Phil South Point says five and a half uh, coming off the nine win season last year. Five and a half. It, what, what do you have them as far as uh, how many in, uh, do you have them as definitive underdogs in? Is it six? Uh, they're going to be an underdog at Boise. They will be an underdog uh, at Tulsa. Uh, you look at the Colorado State game at home, they're probably going to be an underdog there, right. uh, even though they get that game at home. Wyoming on the road, they'll be an underdog. At yep. A&M, they'll be an yep. underdog. And at yep. San Diego State, an underdog. Six. So, yep. yeah, six games have an underdog in. Yeah, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under that five and a half. I I, uh, I just think uh, all of those, so they're going to have to be perfect in every one of those as an underdog to achieve a 500 season. And, you know, again, even though, I, I, and I, I wonder if they're, you laid it out, it's a strong old line, I get it. I just wonder if they're, they're going to be able to get close. I, to me, if they, if they run it for over 300 yards a game again, I mean, wow, I'll raise my hand and say I'm wrong. But I, I, I feel I don't see that. I think there's going to be kind of a big drop-off there. Yeah, and I, I don't see them getting nine wins like they did last year. I definitely see a drop there. But uh, if the number's five and a half, and I hate this, because if you go back to our podcast, Michael, I know. Uh, we're, we tend to go more over. And, and here's the yes. thing. If, if if you analyze a team and you break it down and that mm-hmm. team stays healthy, then, yes, the odds are they will get there. Now, which teams are going to suffer the injuries? There's a whole bunch out there. You yeah. know, going through the uh, the, the defense last, uh, last week with Coach Moore of UCLA, uh, basically, they lost three of their top defensive players during mm-hmm. the course of the season. And, you know, and, and same thing with Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, and, and I talked to Coach Bielema uh, last weekend, and I said, uh, Coach, you know, frankly, my expectations for Arkansas 
were better on defense. They had nine starters back, and yet the numbers got weaker. I thought they'd be stronger. But as we had gone through the positions, he said, Phil, we lost this guy, we lost this guy, we lost this guy. He was our top defensive player. He was our number two defensive player. He was our number three defensive player, and they were all gone by week five. You can't forecast that. So when we look at these forecasts in the podcast, and the reason we tend to lean a little bit more of the overs and the unders, we're going best-case scenario. Not necessarily best-case scenario, but with the players that you're looking at on paper. Now, which ones aren't going to be there? That's going to determine all the unders that come in. But uh, yeah. So yeah. with that said, I would actually lean with over five and a half. I think New Mexico gets to sure. a bowl game this year. All right, very good, very good. So there's our there's our first uh, sarsaparilla, our, our Phil and I's root beer float to go against one another in the, uh, the mountain. Uh, Phil's going to go uh, over the five and a half for New Mexico, and I'm going to say under this year, and uh, I, again, I, if, Phil, you mentioned injuries, and of course, and the other thing that that I look that we don't know, and I know you give it to your computer, and sometimes you and your computer battle about it. You devote a whole section to it, and turnovers too, and uh, who will uh, again make the biggest jump to the plus side, and uh, their bottom line turnover numbers. To me, Phil, that that's the other area besides injuries that. You know, very difficult to forecast, and yet it goes such a long way into deciding the team's fortunes for a football season. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, it's cyclical, and it changes a lot. The first article I wrote for the magazine way back in 1995 was Turnovers Equals Turnaround, which talked about teams with negative double-digit turnovers usually have a better record the next year. Teams with positive double-digit turnovers usually have a weaker record the next year. Back then, I had five years of research into it. Well, now it's Mm -hmm. 28 years of research, (laughs) and it's still about 80% that that is exactly what happens. So I look at teams that were minus double-digit turnovers last year and look on the positive side for this year because it's rare when teams do that two straight years. All right, yeah, yeah, turnovers, uh, equal turnaround. How does it equate? Phil breaks that down like no other. And make sure you got the Bible in front of you. You know where to go, what we're referencing here, and your Phil Steele's college football preview. So great to have you with us. Uh, this is how we do it on Strong as Steel. Uh, all previews will uh, be a set. Every conference, every team, independence too, by the time we kick it off, uh, coming up in four weeks on August 31st, it'll be all right there for you that you can reference. And uh, by going to iTunes.com, pull up your favorite football team uh, in the, the conference and division that, uh, that you like, and there it is for you today. Uh, we are doing the Mountain Division of the Mountain West. We've got two more stops. Phil, let's uh, go from New Mexico to the state of Utah. And really the only way to say this, Phil, is we uh, take a look at the Utah State Aggies. There was a lot of slippage last year in 2016 after three consecutive bowl bursts. And, and Phil, as we know, two of them wins in those three straight bowls under 50-year uh, head coach Matt Wells that you referenced uh, here earlier in the show. So after those three bowl bursts in a row and two wins, they dipped to three and nine last year. They faced eight bowl squads, Phil, as, of course, you point out in your assessment of 16, evaluation of 17. Um, and they had five leads that they blew in the fourth quarter in a lot of those losses. So 10 returning starters, including uh, their quarterback, Kent Myers. He started all 12. Only 10 touchdown passes, though. Uh, the number the number two rusher was Myers as well. 
I don't know, Phil. You know, we just mentioned uh, turnovers equal turnaround. What about stock market indicators? Are they are they pointing back back up for Matt Wells and his Aggies of Utah State after a lot of slippage in a down year in sixteen? Yeah, the stock market indicators clearly pointing way up on this team. And you know, go back to the Mountain West Mountain Division last year. You had four teams that made a bowl game the previous year, Boise, Colorado State, Utah State, and Air Force in 15. Mm-hmm. And then the two teams at the bottom, the ones that you sort of discounted, New Mexico was 2-6, and six, Wyoming was 2-6. and six. Well, guess what? At the end of the year, Wyoming was 6-2, and two, New Mexico was 6-2. and two. They both tied Boise for first. Just shows you how the, the, the Mountain West, that I talked, we talked earlier, can these teams at the bottom actually contend? The answer is yes. Look who was the conference champs last year. The two teams <laughs> had the weakest record the previous year. Now, yeah. Utah State does have some ground to make up on the defensive side of the ball. They only have five starters coming back. Uh, they've got some, some good players there on the defense. Uh, it's not going to be an overwhelming D, but I, I think this is a Utah State team that was minus five in turnovers last year and should improve. Kent Myers, a QB, is a guy that had a good spring, and he can stretch the stretch the field, uh, and he's now a veteran. He's a senior that's been there. I remember his first game, go back a couple years ago, when they were playing at Hawaii. They were down to their fifth-string quarterback. This is 2014, and I'm like, well, they can't win, not with a fifth-string quarterback on the road at Hawaii, and Kent Myers in his first start delivered a 35-14 to win that week, so it was... Uh, He's been a good quarterback since then. Tony Lindsay is a solid running back. Only at 763 yards last year, but I expect bigger things out of him. There are question marks in receiving core, but I like the talent. And up front on the offensive line, that's another big question. It's probably a, uh, a bigger, uh, more athletic offensive line than what they had last year, but they they don't have any returning starters up front, so that's always going to be a question. So, yes, there are questions with this Utah State team, but that guy at the coach, Matt Wells, uh, he's one that the NFL ones were looking at two years ago, and I don't think he forgot how to coach, so I think he'll, he'll probably end up pulling some surprises. A couple of key indicators pointing up. You look at the fact that, as you touched on, the stock market indicator is a plus five, which is strong. Four net close losses last year, going back to those blown fourth quarter leads, and they avoid the top three teams out of the West this year, so it's, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, we know there'll be an underdog when they roll into Madison, Wisconsin for their opener on uh, September the 1st to uh, tangle with Paul Christ and his highly regarded Badgers. Phil, they also got to go to Wake Forest to see Dave Clawson two weeks later, so, uh, you know, schedule maker says, uh, yeah, on the road, one of the best in the Big Ten, and on the road, one of the uh, the better ones and the improving ones in the ACC, so, you know, given all that, they win three football games last year. Uh, the guys who do it for a living at South Point, they've uh, they got the win total set at four and a half, Phil, so a better season than a year ago, possibly. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to say five, which would, would say over, but I'm going to say uh, a five-win season I think would, uh, would be about the most doable for them this year. So, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under that four and a half. All right, and, you know, it's interesting with Utah State that they are actually, despite having two straight losing seasons, 26-6. and six. Yeah. At home, so you got to give them a little bit of that home field edge there. Okay. But unfortunately for them, they play teams like BYU at home, which I think that's a tough out there, and Colorado State at home, Boise State 
at home. Those are all three games they might be an underdog in. Uh, so you look at the winnable games, they're mostly on the road this year. Uh, I, I like Utah State. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they made a bowl game this year. Uh, but since I've got to pick an under here and there, I'll, I'll slide with the under on that one, even though I think Utah State does have a chance of being like a Wyoming and a New Mexico last year, the, one, the team that nobody looks at that all of a sudden is up there making a bowl game. Yeah, you're picking up a pattern here, and, and as you as you go back on strong as steel, every conference and every division that we do, uh, Phil and I, you know, we, we like so many of these coaches so much personally and want to see them succeed. And then, Phil, as we realize, well, wait a minute, we, we – can't pick every team to go over the win total. Some of them are going to go under. So, um, yeah, once in a while, we, we've got to make that strong assessment. Uh, so Phil and I both going to uh, side with the under here on Utah State. Now, you can, though, Phil Steele, is, uh, he's been with ESPN and uh, doing uh, a lot of assessing for them and writing his ESPN.com pieces and appearing on uh, Sports Center and the college football shows, TV, radio. But, Phil, now you're, you're full-time. You are an employee of ESPN. Uh, tell all of our Strongest Steel listeners how that uh, they could go through the various platforms, start with ESPN.com, and uh, get all of your work throughout this season. Yeah, ESPN.com, ESPN Insider. I'll be writing the college and NFL games up this year. And, uh, of course, ESPN Insider, $3.33 a month if you get the subscription. And not only do you get my stuff, you get everybody's stuff in all sports. I only worry about football. That's it. The college and pro football, that's all I care about. But they have experts in the NBA, experts in baseball, and it's all just $3.33 a month. Get yourself an ESPN Insider membership. Well worth it. A lot of great articles up there. And uh, you'll be seeing them in all the different outlets as well. Sports centers. Uh, I think both weekends, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, probably be on there with Sports Center this year. And uh, maybe Wednesdays. There'll be a, they have a lot of fun working with ESPN. We'll see what all happens this season. But uh, definitely get yourself with the ESPN Insider. Just the way Phil still likes it, I guarantee you. You know, 25, 26 hours a day, eight days a week. <laughs> That's how Phil's going to uh, bring football to you. So make sure you check in with all things uh, Phil Steele at uh, ESPN.com. We're doing the uh, the Mountain Division to the Mountain West today here on Strong as Steel. Michael Regai, Phil Steele, and our producer Jim Nabosna, hard at work for you. Phil, we've got one more stop. And all I need to say about this final stop in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West is Josh Allen. That's right, Josh Allen. I guarantee you, Phil's discussing uh, his writings for uh, the NFL on ESPN.com, ESPN Insider. You're going to hear a lot about Josh Allen this year all over the college football landscape. Big, uh, very strong-arm, talented quarterback for the Wyoming Cowboys. And, Phil, I, I know that it, uh, virtually every NFL organization will be visiting Laramie, Wyoming this year in droves. He's a first-round NFL talent, and it, it's certainly looking as if he'll be a first-round choice. Uh, who knows where it'll be with uh, the quarterbacks coming out next year. Man. He might be the uh, the first one called off the board if all goes according to plan for head coach Craig Bull and uh, the Wyoming uh, squad this year. Eight and six last year, Phil, after two and ten and fifteen. So they had one of those six game turnarounds that we've spoken of uh, last year. Three receivers who caught 25 uh, of Allen's 28 touchdown throws, though, do depart, Phil. 
So eight starters remain on defense. Plenty of game experience there, uh, including Phil's very best secondary that he breaks down in his unit uh, positional rankings in the mountain, led by second-team mountain uh, strong safety, safety uh, Andrew Wingard. I, but Phil, I tell you what, with Josh Allen at the trigger, are we looking at, if nothing else, in this wide-open mountain division of the Mountain West, at least a bowl squad again for Craig Bowl and his football team? Oh, clearly. Yeah, this is definitely a bowl squad. I think they're one of the preseason favorites uh, in the Mountain Division this year, coming off the season they had last year. And, you know, looking at their season last year, and going back to the schedules, as we talked about, uh, they had a tough schedule to make that improvement going from two and six. They had some big-time teams at home uh, where they were large underdogs in. You look at the Air Force game, they were a double-digit dog at home. Boise State, double-digit dog at home. San Diego State, basically a double-digit dog at home. Northern Illinois, same thing in the opener. All four of those games, you think, well, they'll lose those home games. They've got the toughest games on the road. They're not going to have a great year. But I love the way that Craig Bowl is building this squad. I mean, when he took over, they had no tight no, no tight ends on the roster right. whatsoever. Now they actually have depth at tight end. And I'll, Generally, I think the teams are ahead of the curve, teams like Stanford, uh, ones that are using the tight ends because you're, you're lining up against linebacking cores that are getting smaller, quicker, faster, and with the tight ends, you're actually getting yourself a little advantage, and it, it worked in Wyoming's favor last year, so I, I like that advantage. Josh Allen, a QB, outstanding. You touched on your question marks would be at the receiving core with those three guys gone. How about a yeah. running back replacing Brian oh, yeah. Hill? That's a pretty you're big right. loss from last year. Yep. Uh, they do have uh, a good offensive line in front of them. The secondary is solid. Alex Andrew Wingard, one of the top uh, uh, defensive backs uh, out there, especially in the Mountain West Conference. So they're they're uh, they're going to run that the, the defense this year. They're in the four three, uh, probably more of a Tampa two, and I, I think they'll be strong there. Now you look at their schedule. Can they keep the momentum going? Now, I mean, uh, you look at uh, at Iowa home against Oregon. They have that game against Utah State. Tricky. Watch out for Utah State, mm-hmm. but they are off a bye. They have to play Boise State on the road, and then your toss-up games, Colorado State at home, Air Force on the road. Uh, so the schedule's manageable. I do consider them a favorite for the Mountain. It'd be interesting to see what South Point's over-under is. Yeah, the South Point over-under for uh, this uh, very strong Wyoming football team, Phil, is eight. Now, before you answer that, I'm really glad you mentioned Brian Hill. Because, folks, if you weren't aware of Brian Hill last year, yeah, I mean, Phil, that's that's 22 touchdowns and over 1,800 yards from that uh, just deluxe running back Brian Hill that is now going to the National Football League. So I don't know. First of all, do you think that um, the young man who well, actually redshirted last year that backed up Hill and uh, that's Kellen Overstreet's probably going to going to be the guy to get the call. But boy, that's a lot of production to make up. Yeah, and you know Overstreet last year was rehabbing a knee injury and uh, also had a shoulder surgery, so he wasn't one hundred percent. He missed the spring, uh, and he's a guy that uh, you know came in. Yeah, I think it was a parade all American that uh, you know actually wasn't up there mm-hmm. on the recruiting list and sort of slid under the radar. He's expected to be healthy this year. He's been cleared for activities. He's got good feet, good speed. So the potential's there. I don't see Brian Hill out of him, but uh, I see a running back that could produce. Now, okay. as far as the total goes at, at eight, yeah, eight. Uh, you know, stock market indicator is saying minus five for this team. While they do have my number four rated offensive line, number four rated defensive line, the mountain, uh, 
I'm going to lean with the under. I, I think that, uh, you know, I've seen teams spike up like Wyoming did from two to eight, and generally there's a little down. To beat that eight, they'd have to win nine games this year, uh, and they're going to be an underdog at Iowa, home against Oregon, at Boise, with those two toss-up games as mentioned. So despite the fact I love the way Bowl is building this team, uh, I'm going to go with under eight in this one. Yep, I'm right with you. So uh, not a lot to be said. You just laid it all out. I I, I just don't see them uh, matching that win total of a year ago. But we'll see how Craig Bull gets through it. And that is us getting through with a mountain. Phil, if you're a fan of any of those six squads, as as we've laid out, I think you could legitimately, and maybe, of course, you want to lead toward the real positive for your football team as a fan, but any of the six could show up in the Mountain West Championship game the first Saturday of December. Yeah, as they proved last year, uh, nobody would have thought Wyoming coming off a 2-6 and six season or New Mexico off 2-6 and six, uh, contending, let alone being tied for first and Wyoming getting to the title game. Yep, absolutely. So keep close tabs uh, this year. We will be, and discussing it each and every week, as you know, we do not neglect the, the group of five. Well, we... Uh, for instance, our preview is still to come here after we get done with the mountain. We'll do Conference USA in the Sun Belt. So we don't neglect it. And Phil and I, every week, will be previewing every football game uh, in the group of five as well as uh, the big boys of the Power Five. Phil, that's uh, that's going to do it for us for the, uh, the mountain side of things. Now, tomorrow, we'll take a look at the Mountain West-West Division. I, just as as a little tease for our listeners, Phil, w- will there be a little bit more maybe definition? By that I mean a definitive favorite or two in the West Division, unlike the Mountain Division. Out of all the divisions in Group of Five, Power Five. For me, the easiest one to call was the uh, Mountain West West. And uh, <laughs> okay. if you don't know who the favorite is in that division, then you don't know the Mountain West. You need to listen to that podcast. Yeah, that's coming up uh, tomorrow right here on the good tease, Phil, right here on uh, Strong as Steel. All right, Phil, great stuff as always. And we'll look for you uh, tomorrow when we roll through that uh, West division of the Mountain West. Uh, again, uh, make sure you go to uh, one of our terrific sponsors that you heard all about today, Movement Watches, uh, MVMT.com, and get your opportunity that only you as a strong as steel a listener can come by to wear one of the uh, sleek, beautiful watches from movement. So for Phil Steele and uh, Jim Nabosna, our producer, I'm Michael Regai. Always great to have you with us. Remember, you can go to iTunes.com and uh, pull up right away uh, your favorite football team, the one you want to hear Phil and I assess as we're doing all July and now into August long. Tomorrow, it is the, the West Division of the Mountain West. Until then, for Phil and for producer Jim, I'm Michael. So long, everybody.